And it is Jared and the GM live out at Pete and Terry's Tavern at Bridgestone Arena. Preds tonight against the crummy, crummy, crummy Minnesota Wild. Game tonight at 7 o'clock right here on ESPN 1025. The game, of course, pregame at 6. Preds game day at 545. Crispy at 430. So we are getting you ready for tonight's game in which the Predators have to win because... Floyd, Minnesota's bad, and it's one of those things that when you have a bad team like a Minnesota on your schedule as much as you play in your division, it's like your record against Minnesota compared to somebody else's record against Minnesota will be what defines like the difference between second place and fourth place or something like that. Right. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, like in baseball, they always have like, you know, two teams are competing know. for like the – two teams are competing for the uh, – you know, for like the American League East and the Yankees and the Red Sox both play 18 games against terrible Baltimore. One team crushes Baltimore. The other team doesn't do so well. And then that one team wins the division essentially based on those Baltimore games. I feel like the Minnesota Wild games are kind of the same way because they uh, suck. Now, to the Titans. Uh, Delaney Walker did not practice yesterday. Delaney Walker did not practice today. Adoree Jackson did not practice yesterday. Adoree Jackson did not practice today. Chris Milton did not practice yesterday. He did not practice today. By the way, he's starting to get a little bit of a reputation, in my opinion, as a guy who's hurt too often. But he's a nice little special team player, Milton. But that's the situation. No Delaney, no Adoree. So there's a, there's a bunch of themes to the season, right, in the NFL that basically they talk about all the time. Like the latest right now that they've made a big deal about is where's Brady going at the end of the year? Nothing has changed, really anything, since Brady signed his contract to the whole discussion about, you know, the theme of where's Brady going. But Schefter said something on Monday night, and then that has turned it now to a week-long discussion of where is Tom Brady going to go. Now, again, nothing has changed at all. But it's just one of the themes of the season that keeps coming up. Another theme of the season that we thought was going to be coming up all year is the two picks in the 2015 draft, Mariota and Winston. And it's always been brought up, especially after they have bad games, about what's going on with the two picks from the 2015 draft. So, Floyd Reese, let's look at these two guys. Obviously, Marcus is benched, but they still made a big deal about it on ESPN yesterday. Jameis comes in here. I got to be honest with you. I know we haven't gotten much to the Bucks. I kind of think Jameis sucks. Like, I kind of think Marcus might actually be better than Jameis because Jameis hurts his team too much. And yet, Tampa Bay is somewhat committed to Jameis at least for this year. Now, they're not committed to anything beyond that. And so I went back and looked at the 2015 draft, and I'm wondering why these guys are failing so badly. And I wonder if it's just because 2015 was a bad year to pick. They don't. I mean, we've talked about this before, and people don't realize this. People want to say, okay, you're the fifth pick or you're the third pick or seventh pick of, of the first round. Therefore, you ought to be this. And the truth is you can't compare what the seventh pick was in this draft to what seventh pick will be in next year's draft or the year after that. But people still do it. And I think they just need to understand that, hey, you know what, you were the fifth pick, maybe because you were the fifth best player in a country, but last year's draft, you would have been the 25th best player in a country. And I think that's where, where people sometimes get messed up with this. And it's like those two guys. I mean, those two guys were really the, you know, the, the class of the quarterback draft that year. Now, where they, were, where they went to school and what offenses they had, et cetera, had a lot to do with it. But, you know, I think they were generally accepted as, as, as the top two quarterbacks. And 
though because of that, you know, they end up going first and second. And I think generally speaking, you know, on most years, if you look at if you've got a decent quarterback draft and you look at the first handful of picks in every draft, I mean, there's going to be a whole slew of quarterbacks in there someplace. I know, but like take the 2016 draft the next year where people said there were no quarterbacks in that draft and then Winston Golf go one and two. Both those guys have been signed to long-term extensions. Dak is in the fourth round. He's going to be signed to a long-term extension. Then you had the 2017 draft. Trubisky, not so much, but Watson and Mahomes are balling out. I mean, I, I just wonder if 2014, I wonder if the Titans got bad luck in being bad, as in it was a bad year to be bad. And, for example, this is the top of the, of the first round in 2015. Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Dante Fowler Jr., already been traded from Jacksonville. They didn't like him over to the Rams. Amari Cooper, already been traded out of Oakland. Now, Amari Cooper is a good player, but would you think Amari Cooper is worth the fourth pick in a draft? I'm not sure the production has matched fourth overall pick. I mean, he's been a nice player, but fourth overall pick. Brandon Sheriff, a tackle from Iowa who has been moved to guard for the Redskins. He was sixth. Leonard Williams was, uh, no, he was fifth. Leonard Williams was sixth to the Jets. He's all, they, every time the Jets play, they talk about trading Leonard Williams, and they haven't done it yet, but he hasn't done anything special. Kevin White, the West, uh, wide receiver from West Virginia, I'm not sure he's played an NFL game. I think you may be out of the league. <laughs> Vic know. Beasley at eight to the Falcons. He's an okay player. Eric Flowers at nine to the Giants. That may be one of the worst offensive linemen I've ever seen play. And then finally, a true, legit, bona fide stud. Todd Gurley goes ten to the Rams. So out of the top ten, yeah, there's a couple pro bowlers in there. But if you're talking about a true, bona fide, he's the man stud, Todd Gurley is the only one and I feel like his career is kind of over anyways. And it was very short. Very short career. So and may, may crush the Rams in the long run because I don't know how they're going to pay for all these guys if, I don't, like, you know, when they have to pay Ramsey and they've already paid Goff and they've paid Donald, you know, th- those guys all need their money. How are you going to be able to keep Todd Gurley? And then Todd Gurley doesn't look very good. By comparison, the next year, the top of the draft, Goff, been to a Super Bowl, something Winston and Mariota can't say. Wentz, been to a Super Bowl, although he didn't play in that Super Bowl. Joey Bosa, Ezekiel Elliott, Jalen Ramsey, DeForest Buckner, Jack Conklin, Ronnie Stanley, Leonard Floyd. I'd say there were a lot better players in the 2016 draft than there were in the 2015 Yeah, I mean, that was my point. Exactly. Just because the people want to look at the number and think that's the be-all to end-all. And that is not the case. It depends on the quality of the draft. And, you know, the fifth pick in certain drafts, you are a big-time player. Fifth pick in other drafts, you're just a player. And, and so it's – but you always hear, and this is the curse of, of, you know, as much as these guys fight to get drafted really, really high, if it's one of those years that's not very good and you get drafted really, really high, I mean, you've got to live with that your whole career. You know, people are going to say, well, yeah, but you were the, you know, 10th pick. You should be this. And you might be the best player of the 10th pick, you know, of the first 10. But because it was not a very good draft, then, you know, that's the way it it boils it down for you. I feel like there's two ways on on the coin of that side. There is the way of if you're a high first rounder and you don't produce, everybody looks at you like, hey, you were Vernon Golston. You were a high first round pick. You were supposed to be a stud and you were a bust. And if you were a high first round pick and you become a stud, it's like, hey, 
That's why you use the third overall pick on Joe Thomas, because Joe Thomas is that kind of player. With Winston and Mariota, I don't feel like either guy is, like, I don't think either guy is terrible. I mean, I don't, I, I do not like Jameis Winston's game at all. Now, I know he could come in here and throw for 450 and five touchdowns and you could lose, but I do not like Jameis Winston's game. I loved Jameis Winston coming out, but I do not like his game at all. Marcus has had his moments in the league, but obviously we know the Titans have moved on or the Titans are planning to move on. Was it a bad year to draft a quarterback? Were, were, was it the fact that they came from, that like Marcus, for example, came from that Oregon system and then the coaching didn't work out with Wisenhunt and then Malarkey? And it, like I'm trying to figure out, do, do we just look at 50, 2015, those two guys, and say, it was just a bad year to pick that year. Well, no, I mean, it was there. The t- where they are now, they're asking two completely different things from them. We're trying to compare Tampa Bay to the Titans, and you, and they're not comparable. You can't. There's no way you can compare them. Jameis in Tampa Bay is it. He is it. They have no running game or very average running game. They've got a couple of receivers, and they've got the quarterback. And he's got to go out there every week. Last four weeks, he's thrown for 400 yards. Well, they have a great receiver. I mean, Evans is a is a dude. He's got to go out there, and he's got to be. He's got to produce with those receivers on a weekly basis. And if he doesn't, they're going to lose. And so, I mean, I you know we don't ever ask that of Marcus. We just say, Marcus, just be, you know, this level. Just go out there and do this. So you don't know, you know, if it was switched around, if I was guessing, if it was switched around, I mean, Marcus would really, really struggle in that program. In Tampa Bay? Yes. Throwing throwing the ball downfield as consistently as they do. Having to throw for 400 yards a week and all that. I mean, he just just couldn't do that. And same token, Jameis may struggle like heck here. I I, just don't know that. I think the only thing that's comparable between the two is that at the end of the year, I feel like both teams are going to let him go. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting at Tampa. I don't don't know what they're going to do. But I I don't know. Until they can do something to help him on that offense. I mean, he's going to have a heck of a time now. He had great and, receivers. And it, well, it doesn't matter. If you're not getting protection, you have no running game. you got no protection, no running game. So what's he going to do? He's standing back there. He's been sacked near as many times as our guys have. And, and, uh, and, and they're throwing every snap. So, I mean, it's, he, he just doesn't, you know, they're, what they're asking of him is a lot more than what we were asking of Marcus. So let's get the people in here. Your thoughts on Jameis and Marcus. Obviously, the Titans have essentially moved on. Now, Marcus still theoretically could play his way back into favor here, but it looks like it's over. Jameis, who knows? But do we just look back on it like both quarterbacks were failed with all of their coaching changes, both quarterbacks aren't very good, or that it was just a bad year to pick? 615-737-1025. 615-737-1025. And is there a common reason between the two that both Winston and Mariota have failed despite being very different players? And what Floyd thought about them coming out compared to what Floyd thinks of them now? Plus, I will admit to maybe the dumbest thing that I have ever said on 1025 the game, and that is saying something. Is it not, Floyd? 
That is that is saying something. Saying something that you admit to it first. Which is, I mean, we've got a whole litany of things you've said that we might consider in that. But, but you're admitting to one, so that is significant. Oh, th- this is one that when I said it, Floyd didn't know me very well at the time. When I said it, Floyd looked at me like I was crazy, and Herm Edwards could not believe it and did everything but call me stupid. So I will admit to that next, but we'll take your phone. 615-737-1025 is the phone number. Jared and the GM usually back in the home studio uh, presented by Wholesale Inc. and RumbleOn.com. But we're live at Bridgestone Arena, Pete and Terry's Tavern. The Halloween bucket is back, so get some candy. It's ESPN 1025. Things has 84 turnovers in five years. 84. And Bruce Arias was brought over for that reason, to put him in a better situation. Bruce has done a tremendous job with a lot of quarterbacks, Coach, throughout his tenure. Jameis just threw five picks in a game. So that coupled with the fact that you have seen at times where you say, man, Jameis is like a top-five quarterback when he's on. The problem is he ain't on enough. And then for Marcus Mariota, I think this started, for me personally, it started back in college when he was at Oregon, and I got a chance to watch him play live against Ohio State in that national championship, and I just thought he struggled throwing the football. Mm. Uh, I mean, wow. I'll see, I, thought his athletic, I thought his athletic bit. he has a strong arm, but he doesn't throw with that anticipation that we talked about with Kyle Allen, and his athletic ability overcompensated a lot for the flaws that he had as far as quarterback. That was Marcus Spears saying, hey, Jameis turns it over too much, which I think we all can agree with. Now, he throws it a lot, but... Even going back to college, Jameis Winston had a problem turning the football over. It was probably the biggest problem that he had in college. Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at – you compare like him and Marcus and, and you know, he, he has like, what they say, 75 turnovers or something, and Marcus has like 50 or whatever the number is. But he also has 100 touchdown passes, and Marcus has like 60. Mm-hmm. You know, or whatever. I, I don't know what the exact numbers are. But, but you know, they're probably, percentage-wise, are probably very close. Well, I go back to, uh, you know, and, and Marcus Spears talked about Mariota, that he knew in college that Mariota wasn't going to be able to do it because he didn't have the quarterback ability for the national title game. I watched that national title game. I remember thinking to myself, you know, I thought more, I thought Oregon was going to be better in that title game. You look back at that Ohio State team that won the championship, that might be one of the best college football teams to ever play. Ezekiel Elliott, Joey Bosa, Michael Thomas. I mean, they had just Taylor Decker on the offensive corner, line. Corner. Yeah, they I went mean. to New Orleans. Yeah, they had a bunch of players. Yeah, I mean, the DBs, Von Bell and Eli Apple and Garyon Connolly, and they just had tons of players out there. So, I mean, I didn't, I didn't you know, think that the Titans shouldn't draft Mariota based upon that one national championship game but i guess my question for you gm is what did you think of those two coming out and what have they become but first do you want me to admit to the dumbest thing that i have ever said on this radio station okay so this was about like the second or third week that we had been working here we weren't working together but we were working together on this occasion and we had herm edwards on and it was me and you and we didn't really know each other well enough to be able to argue or anything like that you know like for you to just chuckle at me that, you know, we weren't there yet. <laughs> well, I made the statement to Herman to you that I thought Jameis Winston had all the, the same amount of talent as Andrew Luck. He just had the off-the-field baggage. I cannot believe I thought that. 
I mean, th- that has to be the stupidest thing I've ever said. Uh, we may have a few more that might top that. <laughs> hey, Ian, what do you think? <laughs> um, the only one I can think of off the top of my head was the Bryce Drew one. That one was oh, pretty God, awesome. Oh, God, he was going to take Bannon from the final four. <laughs> That was pretty awesome. I'm going to guess if we got started on this, we might end up on a roll God, that was so bad. What a a bad opinion by me. (laughs) Okay, what did you think of Marcus and Jameis coming out? What have they become? I mean, I didn't think much about them. I mean, because I knew we weren't going to have a choice. You know, if we were going to have a quarterback, we were going to have whatever was left. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it didn't. You know, the decision wasn't which quarterback do you want. The decision was, do you want a quarterback? And if you want a quarterback, whatever's left is what you're going to get. And and if not, then you're going to draft another position and go another way. So I didn't um, – it, it wasn't like – it wasn't like when we drafted Vince and, you know, there were three guys out there and you could really mm-hmm. – you had to go through and analyze and discuss each one and figure it out. Although if you were um, sitting at two and you thought Mariota sucked, do you still have to take Mariota at two? That's the decision. The decision is do you want a quarterback? Do you need a quarterback? And we did. Then, you know, you have no choice. Whoever Whoever's the next quarterback up, that's who you're taking. If you decide, no, I don't need a quarterback, then you draft a defensive lineman or something. But now you're going into that year without a quarterback. Where, where, Mettenberger. Where does that leave you? There's another good decision of yours. <laughs> although, although they go going Mettenberger over Mario. <laughs> we, don't need to, we don't need to draft him. We got Mettenberger. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That was a bad this opinion. Is bringing back some good memories. That was there. a bad opinion of mine as well. <laughs> I, I guess for me... Like, the one thing I don't know. Now, when Mariota started to have success, when people around here believed that Mariota was kind of a franchise-ish quarterback, something that got out was that there was a big disagreement. And remember, this was all when that ownership shift structure power change was going on. And Steve Underwood was brought back in. And so when Tommy Smith took over the team, Tommy Smith hired Ken Wisenhunt to be the coach. Rustin Webster was the GM. But Tommy pretty much, I think, let Ken Wisenhunt do whatever he wanted to do, which we all know would be a terrible idea. And it was a terrible idea. Well, then Underwood gets back in in control. And I think, and this is the way it's been told to me, Underwood said Rustin is the general manager, and the general manager decides what we do. Now, when when it looked like Mariota was going to be a franchise quarterback around here, people were saying to me, that Wisenhunt did not want Mariota. He wanted Amari Cooper at number two overall. Rustin Webster said, this may be bad for me as the general manager because we're probably going to lose a lot of games taking a quarterback. But he took the quarterback number two overall because he felt like that's what the Titans needed. I look back at this and I say to myself, the one thing I want to know is, were the rumors true that Philly was willing to give like two ones and Fletcher Cox in order to move up the two in order to get Mariota. If that's the case, then the Titans totally screwed it up. If not, I guess I have to put my hands up and say like you, you needed a quarterback. These were the two quarterbacks. You picked second, and it's not like Jameis is all that good either. I mean, Jameis is, to me, Jameis is in the same boat as Marcus, only the year is is flip-flop. Jameis got benched last year. And they had a starting kind of backup last year. And this year they said, we don't want to do that. We want to give Jameis a shot. And they're giving Jameis a shot. But there's nothing promised to Jameis beyond this year. So that's where I kind of am on the Marcus and Jameis thing is, 
if you had to take a quarterback and you did take a quarterback, you know, do we really blame the Titans for being in the situation there? And when we look at those two guys, and, and those were the best two guys out there. Yeah, we had no choice. You know, like you said, it was either it was either Marcus or or Cooper or or um, who was the next one? Defensive lineman the Jets took Williams. Leonard Williams, yeah. Uh, or you know, I mean, there were maybe three or four guys there that that you could have been. But then you go into the season with Mettenberger as your quarterback. Now where are you? You and know, you had no offensive gonna, line that year. Yeah, so you're you know you were cooked either way. So, they did draft I mean, the fullback I, I, in the fourth I, round that year. Yeah, great. <laughs> I, I understand why they. Uh, I understand why they took Marcus, and and yet you know what they may not have been elated about it. It may have been one of those. Oh God, here's what we got to do, guys. I'm not crazy about this, but we really don't have a choice. And then at points of time, a year later, you know, second second season, you thought this thing may actually work out. And then, of course, we played longer. I want to know. <laughs> I want the, the other side of this too with Winston and Mariota is have all the coaching changes hurt both guys? Sure. You know, do we look back on it and we say, you know, the, the, these guys have each had three head coaches. They keep moving around. Coordinators move around a little bit, although he did have dirt cutter for a long time. Jameis did. Uh, but, but did that hurt these two guys as much as anything else? And I don't know the answer because every change the Titans made until they benched Marcus was to help Marcus. They All of these moves for a team that is struggling to find its way, every move hurts something. You know, a move cannot be good. Now, you can make the move, and a year later, it can be really, really good. Be a great move. But when it's actually made, there's going to be some adjustments. And you're going to have offensive linemen that could play for Munch that can't play for Grimm. And you're going to have, you know, receivers that could play for X that can't play for Y. And and you're going to have that all the way through. The problem is... As you finally catch up with whatever it is that you're, you know, you just went through a change. Okay, we finally caught up to that. Well, it's about the time that coach is fired again and you start all over. Mm -hmm. So you never, ever get caught up. And you never, ever get to the point where you've got the right people in the right places and, uh, and everything is working exactly the way you want it to. And until you get, until that happens, I mean, something is going to pay, pay. Let's take your phone, 615-737-1025, 615-737-1025. I do wonder, too, like with the Titans fans, if they've just completely moved on from Mariota. And if, you know, it, it, I, you know when you, I don't want to say when you fire somebody, but when something like that happens or you break up with someone, you're like, you know, I mean, hey, didn't work out with me, but I wish her the best. You know, is that where the Titan fans are with Mariota as well? 615-737-1025. Tim Hasselbeck had a take on, on Winston and Mariota, but I thought this was a take. We'll get to it next. Jared and the GM live out from Bridgestone Arena. Again, the Preds tonight. CSP at 1025 the game. We've seen elite talent from Jameis Winston. Like we've seen Jameis Winston in, in moments where you say that's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. In games and moments and spans like you talk about. Last it just for about 10 the seconds. consistency. So but between the question of him and Mariota, we've seen way more great Jameis than we've seen a Marcus Mariota. 
That was Marcus Spears. I have not watched every Jameis Winston game, so this may not be fair to say. I'm not sure I've ever seen Super Bowl winning quarterback play from Jameis Winston. Mm, you saw him against the Rams this year. It's pretty darn good now. You remember the Rams when they scored 65 or, or 66? I, thought, I don't know what it was, but a ton of points. I mean, I. Again, that, that was pretty good. Again, I've seen, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick has had games that have been yeah. off the charts. And we Marcus know hasn't, though. We haven't scored 50 points in three games. <laughs> I, I do wonder if Marcus has Marcus ever thrown for 400 yards in a game. I have no idea. I mean, I, the the one game where you can say he looked like a Super Bowl winning quarterback was the Eagles game last year, and that's it. Three thirty, three touches. You know, like that was the one game where he looked it, and you know. But again, I I don't see Super Bowl talent from Jameis Winston anymore. Although I did when he was coming out. Tim Hasselbeck was asked about the two quarterbacks on ESPN. And I thought what he said about Mariota seemed at least a little alarming and yet maybe true. As a guy who loves Mariota, definitely alarming. It has not been the season that either Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston had hoped for. Uh, in one case, a new coach brought in to help fix things in terms of Winston. But when you look at those two, because we talked about the season sort of as a litmus test, which is more likely to be back with their respective teams? I think it's Jameis Winston. I don't think it's close. And you mentioned a new coach being brought in. Bruce Arians was brought in to try to fix Jameis Winston. I think there was you know, kind of some belief that, that he would get it done. And even though it, he hasn't totally fixed him, there have been moments where you say, okay, hey, this looks better. You know, when you look at the, the situation in Tennessee, look, Marcus Mariota has been benched for Ryan Tannehill. I don't believe that there's a coach there that feels like he can fix Marcus Mariota, which is drastically different than the situation in Tampa. So I think there are some be- that believe that, you know, even without this drastic turnaround, that we will see Jameis Winston again as the starting quarterback in Tampa Bay. So he says he doesn't think there's a coach in Tennessee who thinks they can fix Marcus Mariota. Floyd, at what point do you look at a player and you say, I can't fix this guy? And do you believe that Tim's right and that the Titans are there with Mariota? Well, I have no no idea if Tim is right. But, I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing that point in time came last week. You know, where they just said, hey... I, you know what? I, I can't do anything with this. You know, it's just to me. There's two different things. There's it's too bad. There's there's I can't fix him, no matter how hard I try. And there's Ryan Tannehill gives me the best chance to win this week. And they went Ryan Tannehill gives me the best chance to win this week. Not I can't fix Mariota. Well, Although maybe after, they thought they couldn't yeah, fix Mariota after anyway. that game. And and you heard me say all along. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't going to be the coach taking him out. I never, ever thought that was going to be the case, where Vrabel was just going to, at a point in time, say, okay, that's it. We're done. We're making a change and going. It was going to, he was going to not have a choice. It was going to be so obvious to him and to everyone else that this, you know, this has to be done. And I think that's what that game provided him. You know, you couldn't watch that game and not, think that there were some real issues there and i think you know he got to a point where you know you you can't sell i can't i can't stand in front of the team and say we're going to be okay i can't you know i can't do these these different things you know go in and berate my offensive coordinator or my quarterback coach or my whoever it is you know about hey how are you going to get them better how are you going to get them better when there is no getting them better but he and has played better. Yeah, not recently. 
I know, but at least he's played better before, so you know well, that years ago he's capable of doing it. Yeah, years it's not ago. like he got too old. Well, no. I mean, the so, problem is he has not improved from his second year. I, and I'm not disagreeing has with that. Not improved. This is the third year. Not improved. I mean, at, w- at what point in time do you say, "Oh, you know what? I, I don't know what it is. We've we've tr- tried." You know, all the things that I know to try. We've changed receivers. We've changed, you know, running backs. We've changed whatever whatever you think was going was gonna to help him. And it just hasn't worked. And it's not, you know, I'm not blaming Marcus. I'm not, I mean, nobody wants to, wants to be a better player than Marcus wants to be. It's just not working. And you've heard me say before, that's if he's not here, he may go someplace else and play. But... The truth is, I think if if they were to do something right now, they could say, you know what, we let Marcus go, and he may go someplace else and become a star, but he could not do it for us in 2019. So whatever happens beyond this, you know, good luck to you. Let's go to your phone, 615-737-1025. Peyton going to get us started today. On Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, thank you for calling. Go ahead, Peyton. How you doing? Good. Good. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, y'all are talking about the uh, you know the decision between Marcus and um, Jameis. Well, I look back at the quarterbacks that came out of the 2014 draft, and it was Marcus, Jameis, Brett Hundley, and dudes I never even heard of. But my question <laughs> is, I went back and looked at the – quarterbacks who came out in 2014 you got Derek Carr um you have uh um Teddy, Garoppolo uh, Bridgewater yeah yeah Garoppolo so my question is is if we don't take Lawan and say we take Carr or Garoppolo do you think that we should have done that and I'll hang up and listen thank you Peyton you could have taken Jimmy Garoppolo instead of taking Bishop Sankey I mean, do I think the Titans should have taken Jimmy Garoppolo instead of Bishop Sankey? Yes. I believe the Titans. I mean, I think the Titans could have taken, like, the Titans could have taken anybody over Bishop Sankey. You're the worst player in the history of the Titans. But not to knock on that too much, I think it's really, I think it's really hard to dog a GM because he didn't take somebody and – Five picks later, somebody else got drafted, if that makes any sense. Like, it's hard to, to dog a GM because, like, like for example, how dare you take Pac-Man Jones, Floyd, when you could have had Aaron Rodgers? Well, you already had a quarterback. So, like, I can't get on you for having done that and not taking Aaron Rodgers that year. Now, if you had chosen to take Alex Smith over Aaron Rodgers, now I got a problem. But not, not the idea of, you know, going back a year before and, and you still technically – had locker and all. I mean, to me, it's just. I mean, you well, look at every you know, draft. You know, the problem you run into is the same. And and you know what? If they decide, if all this experiment fails, and they decide they're going to go draft a quarterback this year, they could end up in exactly the same situation. They're not going to have the number one pick, and because they're not going to have the number one pick, they're going to be picking you know middle of the pack someplace, mm-hmm. and. It's going to be who is the quarterback that's left. It's not going to be that's the guy that I want. Now, when they actually draft him, 
They'll come out and say, yeah, we can't believe he fell. We can't believe he was still there. This was the guy we wanted all along, We, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. because that's what everybody says. But we all know what the truth is. And if, if this is the fifth quarterback off the board and that's who you end up with, that's who you end up with. And and as strange as what as the quarterback stories go, he may be the best of the group. Who knows? Mike is up next here on Marcus Mariota. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Mike. Cool. Hey, hey, how you guys doing this afternoon? Good. Get to your take. My comment is I like Marcus, but like the GM just said, he ain't going to work out, and I really wish he would. But it reminds me, maybe he. I mean, you go back two other quarterbacks of uh, Jim Plunkett and Doug Williams. Both people, all people thought they were washed up, and they went on to win a Super Bowl. I'm hoping that will happen for Marcus. That's just my opinion, but it looked like in the last game that he did not want to be out there. He no, thank you, for, Mike. I, Mike, I hear you. Thank you for your call. I'll say this. If Marcus goes and wins a bunch of games elsewhere, I'm sure there will be a lot of people that root for Marcus because he was such a nice guy, and he was so genuine to the fans, and he gave it his best shot and all of that. But I do think there will be some fans. Like, if Marcus goes and takes over the Dolphins next year and they win the Super Bowl, I think there will be a lot of fans here that will be really upset. Yeah, I think we're probably pretty safe there. I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 615-737-1025. Back to your Titans calls. But coming up next, it, it was something that I thought was fixable. And now I'm worried, maybe just like Marcus, that it cannot be fixed. And that's, did you see the TV ratings for the World Series? No, I didn't. I haven't, I haven't seen a pitch. Well, I didn't ask if you watched it. I know you <laughs> haven't watched it, which is the problem. But have you seen the ratings? No. We'll get to that uh, next. Jared and the GM at ESPN 1025 again. Here's the 1-0. Swing a long drive, left field. He's got one now. Kurt Suzuki gives the Nationals the lead. That one above the Crawford boxes. Kurt Suzuki's first career postseason home run. And the Nationals lead the Astros 3-2 here in the seventh inning. So last night the World Series was going on. I watched it on and off, and I'm a baseball fan. Floyd, you have not watched a pitch of the World Series, have you? No. But the better question would be, when is the last time you did watch a pitch of the World Series? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> now, if you were still the know. GM of the Houston football team, would you be at the game? You probably wouldn't be at the game. You'd probably be getting ready for your game. But would you be wearing the Astros cap at your press conference? Oh, when probably. Uh, yeah, we'd support them. Would you, would you watch the game on TV in no, your office? Or I no? doubt that. But You don't think Billy O's watching the uh, Astro baseball game right well, now? I don't know. It could be. So... The ratings for baseball, and I used to think that baseball was just screwing themselves and that they didn't understand what they could do to make their sport more appealing and get more people to watch because I love baseball. But the ratings for baseball, uh, apparently the lowest ever game one rating in the history of the MLB. So uh, the World Series ratings tied a record low. Tuesday's Nationals-Astros Game 1 averaged a 7.3 rating and 12.19 million viewers on Fox, tying Giants-Royals from five years ago as the lowest-rated opener in record. It was also the eighth-smallest World Series, World Series audience on record and tied the seventh-lowest rating. The ratings are down 11% last year from Boston, L.A. to this crap series. Now, 
by now what the one thing where I will give baseball credit is while it's historically low by World Series standards, it was television's highest non-rated NFL program since the Women's World Cup final in July. <laughs> so it's it is higher rated than all the college football games. It is higher rated than basically everything else except the NFL. Now, we know the NFL is the most popular, which is why we're taking a tiny little break here, and then we're getting right back to the NFL. But, I mean, I don't even know. I don't know what baseball can do to get more people to care about it and to watch it. And I feel like it's just we're seeing record low this year. It'll be record low next year, and then it'll be record low after that until the Yankees get back into the World Series because they're like the Dallas Cowboys of the sport. But other than that, I, I, don't, I used to think baseball could fix itself. I'm not sure they can. I'm not sure they can get America's attention back. Baseball is going to be like a, a lot of sports in that they're going to have a a small, very loyal, passionate group, and the fans will and, care locally, and they will be there forever. You know, but are they? You know, do they expand beyond the boundaries of their city, or be, then you know, probably not. I mean, you don't hear. You know, you don't hear – if you go to Houston, you don't hear people in Houston talk about the Cincinnati Reds for any reason. No. You know, nothing. And so I think it's uh, – I think it's just – it's become kind of a, you know, one of the click sports. For example, like we're looking at $12 million or so for a uh, – like $12 million or whatever for a, for a baseball game. Let's go – let's say 10 years ago. Okay, so 2009. Now, the Yankees were in that, and you're looking at 19 million. So the difference between 19 and a half million to 12 million, you're talking about 40% of the audience is gone in 10 years. Um, let's go 20 years. Let's go to 1999. Now, that's Yankees again, and that's the brand. 23 million. So half of the audience, or, or really 100% of the audience, you know, another 100% of the audience is gone. Half of that audience is gone from 20 years ago to now. When the country continues to grow in size, pe- more people are watching TV than ever before, and the baseball is, is half as important. That is a huge concern for the sport. I mean, I watched today. I scrolled through Skip and Shannon's whole show, and I'm sure a lot of people out there are thinking to themselves, like, why would you want to see what Skip and Shannon are talking about? Because most people hate Skip and Shannon, but... They're on Fox Sports 1, the subsidiary of Fox. So Fox has the games. So you would figure ESPN doesn't have the games, so maybe ESPN doesn't have to talk it. Like, I'm convinced ESPN talks more basketball than they should because they have all the basketball, right? Okay. Like, if you had basketball, you would pump up basketball because you have basketball. Well, because I don't think all that many people like basketball, but that's neither here nor there. I watched Skip and Shannon today, just scrolled through on my little YouTube TV thing. They did one, like, third of a segment on the World Series game and then went right back to the Dallas Cowboys. They talked about Kyrie Irving last night. Who gives a flying darn about Kyrie Irving? They talked about LeBron, who, by the way, I don't even watch basketball that much. I hate LeBron James. But they... they talked about LeBron, they talked about Kyrie, they talked about Dallas, they talked about Carson Wentz, they talked about all this stuff. 
and there was one tiny little mini segment on the game last night, and they have the World Series. That's how bad it's got. Yet at the same time, highest-rated non-NFL thing since the Women's World Cup. So, like, if you're baseball, you're looking at yourself saying, well, we're not football, but we're, we're as good as everything else that's out there. Or do you look at it like 20 years ago we had double the audience? Well, you can't. I mean, baseball is going to struggle. In, in, your, in the young people, you know, instant gratification. I have to see it and do it right now. Baseball doesn't fit that now. Baseball doesn't fit the, you know, I'll, I'll see it, I'll do it, I'll read it, you know, in an hour. I mean, it takes forever. So I, I don't know that, I don't know that it fits much into, and the young people aren't able to play baseball the way that, that I could, for example. When I was younger, you know, I had baseball diamonds all over. Well, now it's getting harder for a lot of these kids to find a baseball diamond, a legitimate baseball diamond. I, I don't think it's hard to find a diamond. I just don't think these kids go outside and play anymore. Well, they don't go outside either, that's for sure. But, but I mean, it's, it's, if you go, like, to inner cities, now you can't tell here in Nashville, but you go to inner they just don't have the room to say, hey, yeah, it's, you know, it's 300 yards or 300 feet to center field. Well, they don't have 300 feet in the middle of – Boston or in the middle of New York or they don't have that. So, you know, guys, I mean, there are baseball diamonds. There just aren't the, a lot of the wreck, you know, run down to the, to the rec center and play a little ball. You go down there and play basketball because everybody's got a basketball court. They can put that up. But, uh, but, but I don't feel like you have to play football as a kid. You almost have to just play all the other sports as a kid. And then that, those skills will lead you when you're in middle school and high school to being good at football. Well, football is so popular that they find a place to play football. You well, know, I think it's like you're make... seven years old and you watch football and you play it outside a little bit, like with your friends, like, all right, 52, hut. And then you go out there and you play. But it's not until you get to middle or high school, but because you're so athletic and everything else, it's like, okay, yeah, let's put Johnny at receiver now that he's 13 years old. And then he goes to high school and college. And right. like you learn the game as you go get older and get onto a team. I think baseball's biggest struggle is that the owners make so much money that they haven't done a good job. Care- I, I, I read a thing in the New York Times from like 1992, and this, this was when baseball was getting ready to go on strike. And it said, a recent Gallup poll said that, of, uh, that Americans prefer football to baseball three to one. What do you think that number is now? Well. I told you, you know, before the show that, that I went to an owners meeting one time, and I remember Goodell getting up and telling us football has more viewers than all other pro sports combined, and he said it's not close at that. Oh, that's the Titans! How, that's the, how popular it is. The Titans Cleveland game had more viewers across the country than the Democratic national debates yeah. are having. The Titans and Cleveland, a noon game on TV. Like, so I wish baseball, I I do, I wish baseball, because I love baseball. What baseball needs is they need a Cubs-Yankees World Series. And that would at least help them out a little bit. You know, because if you had a Cubs-Yankees World Series, that I think would garner legit national attention. Because you're talking about the two biggest teams probably in the sport. 
But it was like I told you when we looked at the top-rated football games this year. Uh, I wish I still had that pulled up. I should still have it pulled up. But when you look at the top-rated football games this year, it's all like Dallas, New Orleans, Dallas, Green Bay, Dallas, Seattle, Dallas, Dallas, Dallas. And that, unfortunately, baseball's like that with the Yankees, but the Yankees are out. So, and plus, the Yankees aren't the Cowboys as much as, as they would like to be the Cowboys. 615-737-1025 is the phone number. Seen a lot of articles about the NFL trade deadline, which is upcoming, Floyd. And I have a serious question about the Titans and the trade deadline, and we'll get to that coming up next. We're live from Bridgestone Arena, Pete and Terry's Tavern. Of course, coming up tonight, Preds and Wild. It's ESPN 1025, the game.